1: we tell the story of how Flora's gymnastics program vaulted from a perennial contender to a dynasty from 2013 to 2015. While many sports are referred to as games of inches, few competitions come down to that measured precision more than gymnastics. In this showcase of uniquely elite athletes, only the well trained eye can spot the difference between a 975, a 995, and a perfect 10. The Gators had always had a competitive program, but weren't at the level necessary to break into a club that saw only four programs stand atop the NCAA podium through the early 2000s, two of them quite familiar to Florida. So in 2003, Athletic Director Jeremy Foley sought a spark to get the Gators to the next level, and he found it in Ronda Fane.
0: I knew in the, at that time, in this country, and specifically in this league, Alabama and Georgia dominated. It's a credit to their coaching staffs, you know, Suzanne lott Sarah Patterson, you know, they were they were it. And I didn't understand why Florida couldn't be one of those. I mean, we have the same commitment, the same resources, obviously incredible institution. And, you know, and obviously we had pockets of success as well, but, I mean, I'm talking about a dominant player in the gymnastics world. Alabama and Georgia were it, and I'm going, why can't that be us? And so kind of like in basketball, just trying to find somebody who could, you know, hopefully elevate us to that level. And, you know, um, Mary Howard, who knows a lot about gymnastics, you know, handed me a piece of paper one day with her name on it and said, you might want to check her out. So she was an assistant in Nebraska at that time, and I called her up and had some great conversations with her and brought her into Gainesville and had a great interview. But I like the fact she'd been an Olympian. I like the fact she'd been an All-American UCLA. she competed at the Hayes level. Nebraska had been doing some really good things in gymnastics, and I think that she had an impact on that. So she just seemed like a winner. But I asked her that question, and I said, why well, can't have- why can't Florida be Alabama, Georgia. She said, well, we, we can, we can be, no doubt about it. All right. And I liked her confidence. I liked her answer. And, you know, obviously she, she came in here. It didn't happen overnight. Uh, nothing um, special is built overnight, um, but she worked incredibly hard as did her staff and a lot of
1: people helped her. And then of course she, she built something really, really special. Over the next decade, Fane built the Gators into a program that consistently made the NCAA's Super 6, and by 2012, the Gators got right to the doorstep of a title, with a second-place finish marking their closest brush to date. While that senior class had run out of time to bust down the door, the juniors on that team were tired of coming up short, and they had a devoted leader, an Olympian and NCAA vault champion Marissa King, to shepherd them into 2013.
2: So coming second, my junior year was so bittersweet because you know when you're like you're almost there but you're not right. quite. But it's the you know it's the best team position you know you've you've been able to achieve for the universities thus far. I was like, okay, it's great because this is the best we've ever done at Florida, but we're second, and it became second by oh, I think it was like a flex of a toe, like it was something crazy, crazy close, like zero point zero two five, and it was just. Oh, it was so close. I remember just being like so happy, but so disappointed, you know? Right. And I looked at Arjuna and Arjuna went, one more year. I just, I got chills talking about it. Now I'm like, yeah, next year. Going into my senior year though, I tell you now, there was some sort, there was some, there was a difference within the team. I think the girls from me being a freshman, moving up the ladder to being a senior, the girl, the classes that had come in after me had seen how much we'd wanted it and how much we, wanted to work to reach that goal, that it just translated and just worked so well once it came to my senior
1: Not only did King feel the difference, but head coach Rhonda Fain also sensed that this senior class was ready to reach the mountaintop.
3: They were incredible. And it's exactly as Marissa said, uh, when they came back from the summer and, you know, the disappointment of being you know, so so close the year before, and I, I remember Marissa and, and and Randy saying, "We are not leaving this school without you know laying it all on the line. We're going to do absolutely everything possible, training as hard as possible. We're going to get as much sleep as possible. We're going to eat right. We're going to nourish ourselves. Like just everything, we're going to do this uh, and leave without any regrets." And I really feel like they lived up to that. They didn't just say it. They actually were a a tremendous, tremendous leaders inside and outside the gym uh, and and helped. The chemistry was just really, really special. And we could feel it with that team, whether the competition we were in, if somebody needed to rest and another person stepped in the place and uh, it was just like. Not a problem. Everyone. It was just running so smoothly because the leadership of the seniors, combined with the exuberance, you know, from um, Bridget and the the wide eyes and the the mentality of everything is possible, was just a, a phenomenal combination.
1: That last ingredient was critical as Florida welcomed in a freshman class highlighted by former U.S. national champion and Olympian Bridget Sloan who instantly became an impact performer and gave the team a jolt of confidence and swagger.
4: From the outside, you looked at us and you just saw a group of girls that were excited, they were happy, they were really enjoying being around each other. But what you didn't see was this hunger to be the best. And I think that's what really separated us is that we were kind of like silent killers. I don't think people really understood the talent that we had on that team until we started competing. And it really started to show that this Gator team, they, they're they on a mission. And we were led by the senior class, which we didn't really nominate leaders. Actually, we never nominated the leaders. It was Marissa King, who was, I would say, the voice. We had Randy Stagberg, who was a complete workhorse. And Dolly, who was the cheerleader. And then you had Ajene, who I don't think anyone worked harder and spoke less than Ajene Dickerson. Hmm. Everyone always laughed because I was actually very close with Nay, and I still am. But it was funny because we were polar opposite people. I was loud. I was obnoxious. I was (laughs) all over. And Nay was just, she did her job, which was always nearly perfect. And she went about her day. But I think having the qualities that our leaders and our captains had, I mean, we didn't get that national championship because it was just handed to us. Right. Uh, We, I mean, we were, we worked our tails off inside the gym. I started going and seeing our strength coach, Karen twice a week because I knew that's what I had to do. And It was those moments outside the gym where we really put in the work. Those are what really separated us.
1: The work is undoubtedly critical, but so is raw talent, which King New Sloan immediately brought into the fold.
2: Absolutely incredible athlete. We went to the Olympics together in 2008. Um, She was on USA team, I was on Great Britain, but we had known each other internationally for many, many years. Um, She won worlds individually as an all-rounder in 2009. I saw her do that. Um, To have her part of a team, Yeah, she was a huge, huge, huge asset and she was much, much, you know, she was very mature for her age. She understood everything coming in and she wanted the goal, too. She actually was, I think she was looking at going to Georgia and then she decommitted quite late and then decided to come to Florida. And that was a huge plus for us. And I was obviously over the moon because I'd known Bridget for many, many years.
1: With a gifted roster and a motivated senior class, the 2013 team was well positioned for success. But experience doesn't always translate to leadership. And Bridget recognized how the seniors allowed everyone to have a voice.
4: So we have this group of seniors that's captains and so well respected by every single person on the team. But the one thing that they did so beautifully, and I think it really stood out to all the team members, anyone who was a part of that team, whether you were on staff as a coach, nutritionist, anybody, they allowed for anybody to be a leader which is kind of where I got, we'll say my leadership skills really came from my Olympic team and that 2013 team. They, I mean, I, I wanted to win so badly because I wanted to be, when I chose Florida, the main reason was that they hadn't won yet. And Mm. I wanted to be a part of something big. I didn't want to be the star. I did not want the red carpet rolled out for me. I wanted to be a part of a team and I wanted to be a part of a team that is going to accomplish something big. So my experience that I had before college, Mm -hmm. I was able to take all of those good, bad, ugly times and apply them to my freshman year. I had mistakes. I had, you know, the freshman 15 is a very real thing. (laughs) So there were lots of obstacles that I had to deal with. But the one thing that I never let slip away was that, end goal of national champions.
1: For the top programs that expect to compete for national championships every year, the regular season is all about refining your performances from January through March, then being at your absolute best for the championship meets in April. There's no defense involved, so the battle is often an internal one, both mentally and physically. But it's the physical challenges that coaches have to constantly keep their eye on.
2: Biggest challenges, I think, was obviously keeping everyone healthy. You know, we had some very fragile girls in the team that couldn't bash out numbers after numbers after numbers anymore. You know, they had done elite gymnastics for many, many years and coming to college, you just can't do 10 routines anymore. You can't do five floor routines anymore. You, It's a very long season as well, competing every weekend from January until April. So it's about finding the pace of, You know, those that can't do all round every single competition for all those weekends leading up to Nationals at the end of April. Um, So I think Rhonda did a very good job of um, monitoring the injuries and niggles that some of our gymnasts had um, that needed very, very close programs to be able to have them peak at the right time.
1: While the Gators lost on the road to LSU at the start of the regular season, and at Utah in their final road meet, they won everything in between. Then claimed the SEC championship in Little Rock, Arkansas. But then adversity struck.
3: I feel like um, something that was really amazing and special, and also very hard, was the injury that happened to Randy Stegberg. Um and she was one of our senior leaders, and she, um, and it happened. I want to say, if I looked at it, if it was either right after SECs, so maybe right before regionals, which is just the worst timing. But the difficulty was that she was our leadoff on beam and floor. And she was by far one of the most consistent beautiful performers. Every single time I get goosebumps now thinking about it. She was like, I just knew she was so exceptional, like on balance beam and very calm, perfect person to lead off. But she was by far one of the most talented for the event. But it's, you know, going up first, it's challenging. It's a hard position to be in because you're not necessarily getting set up to to score the absolute highest as if you were going up in the later Part of the lineup, she knew this and what a team player she always was, and said, "Ronda, I'll go wherever you feel I am going to best benefit the team." So she took this role, and I shared with her, "This is the most important role because it sets the pace, it sets the the tone for the entire event." And she took that with such pride. And with her injury, she dislocated her shoulder, and so for that leadoff position to disappear on floor and beam, going into the regional championship, the national championship was a a shock. It was devastating for her and for everyone on the team, especially being a senior and not being able to come back from that, but to immediately have to change the lineups and you get, you spend the whole season trying to find what you think is the most ideal or the perfect lineup um, where all the athletes are comfortable going after an individual or where they are and to have to change that. So, for, I vividly remember for that, I believe that regional championship was, I think it was in Gainesville. And I remember Marissa at that time on beam was kind of floating in and out as she was doing exhibition. Sometimes she was in the lineup and in the regionals, I had put her in the beam lineup and she nailed this absolutely stunning routine. Um, she had a very difficult theme series. And so that's what was the challenging part. Um, but she just nailed it. And I just remember her excitement when she stuck her dismount and her, um, jumping up and down and, and just running, uh, toward, toward myself and toward the team. And I was just, I just remember my expression. I was like grabbing like my fist that I was just so excited for, for her and for, because there's so, there was so much anticipation with the new lineup and with Marissa probably feeling the pressure of, hey, now it's regionals and I, I wasn't in the lineup and, and Randy's down and I'm stepping in. And um, for her to, to hit the way she did and as a senior and it really just sparked and lit the team up.
1: The Gators advanced to the NCAA championships in L.A. and placed first in the semifinal, keeping them on the path for that elusive crown in the Super Six. But then adversity reared its ugly head again, this time in a way that seemed to signal the end of the dream.
0: The biggest thing I remember is the first one. You know, the first one at UCLA, we start on the beam and we have two falls. First, first event. Well, mm-hmm. you know, at that level, and I've been enough gymnastics meets and I've been enough NCAA championships I know the caliber competition. We have to count a fall. It's over. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean that's that's just the truth. And then we had a we had a buy the next round, and then we had the floor. And I can remember we came out on the floor, and I think everyone of them was a nine nine five, or you know, or maybe even a ten in there. It was incredible. So we went from being in, out of it, I guess, in, in the ad's mind, who knows, <laughs> knows nothing about gymnastics, knows nothing about Jim Obviously, I guarantee you in that locker room. There were some conversations that this isn't over. And then they came out there and just nailed the floor right back in it.
4: Everyone was really down and everyone was so grumpy. And oh, gosh, I just remember I walked in. I was like, what is wrong with you people? (laughs) I was like, the meet is not over yet. And Marissa just starts blaring music. And you see everybody's mood start to change. And everyone's attitude start to change. I remember walking into that locker room and it felt like an ice
2: cold box. <laughs> and everyone, everyone was sitting down individually, their heads between their legs, and they just like, no one was talking, no one was looking at each other. We it, did, it, no one knew what to say. It was just <laughs> like, oh my God, you don't win a championship with, you know, adding, you know, counting a fall, you just don't. And,
4: right.
2: um, I remember Bridget and I worked some magic in that bye to get the team back together to make sure that this dream was going to happen. And I looked at Ajne, and Ajne, oh my gosh, I remember looking at Ajne because this was our last year, you know, it was like, this is, this is it. You know, we got one more year and I look at her and I just like, my heart broke and she saw me, she saw how my, my she, she saw my face too and I was just like, look, let's get this team together. Let's make this happen because we're not leaving here without winning this championship.
3: I think that that really helped turn the tide um, from the, the first event being almost a near disaster to completely turning it around so the athletes on the team were able to see, hey, we are so good or we we can still win this with counting a fall um, and to actually believe it, not just to say it, but to believe it. And I think that uh, it, was the, it was definitely a combination of um, the upperclassmen, Knowing that, that that could have happened a few years ago, um, that they were going to make sure that they didn't let that happen again, along with Bridget and her her really just keeping everybody light and excited and to not dwell on it, but to focus on, hey, what are we doing from this point forward uh, to get out there and attack everything?
4: We're going to floor and... The first person up, I believe it was Kirsten Wang falls mm. and I'm next. So I was in that second spot and Adrian Burdet, who is the floor coach. I distinctly remember him pulling me aside. He, he always gave me these little pep talks and I never liked them. So I was like, dude, I got this. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> and he pulled me aside and I just looked at him and I was like, I got this. Mm. And he didn't say anything to me. He I walked up on the podium and hit my routine and then the next person hit their routine and then the next person and next thing you know we have our best floor score or one of our best floor scores for the entire season and the first girl had a fall and then we moved to vault and it's just like lights out and then we moved to bars which was one of our best events
1: While their finish was inspired and strong, counting a fall meant the Gators needed some help to claim the title, specifically a mistake from their conference rival and reigning back-to-back champion, Alabama. But while fans may have been focused on the Crimson Tide's beam routine and searching for a wobble, King insists the team's attention was projected inward.
2: Yeah, when you're in the national championship arena, for sure, you know, you're hearing other people's scores. You're trying really hard to not watch the other teams, but you know, they're in the corner of your eye or there you're in, you know, this, you're in the stands of where, you know, you're, you're a little bit off the podium and you, you can't help but look up and you see the other teams competing. Uh, that's one of the biggest challenges is when you go to SECs and you go to national that there's so much going on. There's scores being thrown out. There's, you hear the chants and the audience members of those colleges going crazy. You see the teams going crazy when they've nailed their routines. And Staying within your own bubble is one of the hardest, hardest things. And in 2013, especially when we fell twice in our first event and we knew we would have to count a fall, knowing you know the previous year that we had pretty much done the best we possibly could on all those events and we lost by you know a flex toe you know so to to know that we had the count of four and then the other teams probably knowing that we had fallen and that florida was maybe out the picture now and that they had a chance you know coming back onto that arena onto into the floor after the bye it was like hey we need to stay in our bubble so closely and so intensely because any outside uh, attention can affect what we need to achieve and we have to make this happen and we can only do that by staying together as one. So, you know, we would be screaming like that first. I know someone's leap series on floor would be like, yeah. And then like the tumbles, I, I think I was like chewing my nails off. I was just, um, yeah, it's hard because it's a lot of pressure on, on, on everyone competing plus knowing that that championship title could be gone because of someone else. Um, but I think that we had all known how much each and every single one of us wanted it that going out into that floor, I had confidence in my team that they were going to do the best, absolute best that they possibly could. So um, it wasn't ever a sense of, oh my God, are they going to mess up? It was more like, come on, Bridget, you got this. I know you can do this and you're going to nail it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the other teams, it's, uh, you know, you really, really, really try just to not pay attention to anyone, but what's happening in your, in your bubble, because it can be a very, very big distraction that, can almost have you slip away from you needing to do the job that you need to do for your team.
1: The Gators' focused approach paid off as Alabama faltered on the beam and Florida's 197.575 total was enough to shatter the glass ceiling and welcome a fifth program to the NCAA Championship Club. It was the culmination of over a decade of work for Ronda Fane, who was sure to relish every moment.
3: I remember uh, the huddle with the team and just waiting until the final announcement, of course, to before we celebrated. And I remember seeing, I mean, there was just tears in everyone's eyes, just of just sheer joy, because it actually happened. And something we've been working so hard for, um, that was just really, really special to see the passion on not not just all of the athletes faces, but I remember going over to uh, Jeremy Foley and seeing him and Linda Teeler. And I remember Jeremy said like, you did it, you know, you did it. And I, I couldn't wipe the smile off my face. It was just, and I thank him immensely um, for not only trusting me in believing that we could win a national championship, but that, we had something very special in that uh, he and, and everyone at Florida within the department, it was just exceptional, uh, it's the best place I've ever worked. Um, I never considered it work, um, and it was just absolutely a very special environment.
1: For the senior class, and especially Marissa, it was a promise delivered in the most dramatic and unlikely fashion possible.
2: Oh God, it was the most amazing feeling ever. I remember we had, uh, we had finished on bars and we had, there were still some teams, uh, still competing on their last event and we, we knew it was going to be close. So we just huddled together and Rhonda said to us, you know, whatever happens tonight, she was so proud of us because we really came back from a huge, huge, you know, downfall at the very beginning of the competition. And I remember just, oh my gosh, I was like, pretty much in tears just waiting because my blood just like oh gosh i was like please i want this is something i have wanted so much i almost you know there's there's one thing of achieving you know going to the olympic games as an elite athlete but i think that something was so special about winning you know, the first ever national championship for a school they'd never done it before and building so many years up to with that team to make it a dream come true it, it was such a different experience and i almost had more emotion actually when we won the 2013 national championship because winning it with the team that all wanted it as well we had worked so hard to finally make happen yeah i'll i'll never ever forget the feeling like looking at the national championship ring that we have now for 2013 it brings back not only the memories of the competition of of the national championship in 2013, but the years leading up to that as well for me, because it was such a journey. It really was. And um, especially in my class, we all shared that together. The whole team shared that together. And Ajne and I looked at each other and we said we did it! Like, oh God, it was so great.
1: History had been made, but could it be repeated? Utah won the first five titles when the competition began in the early 80s. UCLA won four out of five in the early 2000s, and Georgia had recently won five in a row to end the decade. So dynasties were not just accepted, but expected. That's the pressure that Rhonda and her staff had to tackle head on entering 2014.
3: I remember speaking specifically with Greg Marsden from, at the time, University of Utah. And he said, "Rhonda, it's only going to get harder. <laughs> It's not just because you, when you win one, it doesn't mean the next one's going to be easier. They're going to get it's going to get harder and harder. And, and I was like, I just didn't understand. What do you mean? Uh, this is great. It'll help recruiting. And I certainly very, very quickly understood what he meant. Uh, but what I what I really tried to do, I don't know if I was successful at it or not, uh, but I tried to make each year and each team, they're, they're, all, they're completely different and to not compare the teams and the athletes. Uh, And especially when speaking with those teams and those athletes, I wanted at the beginning of the 2014 season, hey, this is a brand new year, a brand new team. Um, Those athletes that were a part of that, that's incredibly special. You have something, you have this wisdom, this knowledge, this experience that will help the other athletes that that are new. Um, And that's what we can build off of. But to not take anything for granted and you have to work that much harder because you have all those other teams that want to beat you even more now. Uh, and so we really tried to look at every that next year, especially 2014, as really, hey, now, Mako, Elena, Keetra, um everyone that you're all one year older and the athletes that were that were the seniors it's your turn your leadership time especially and this is how we're going to make each year unique and that is what we really
4: tried to do i believe and i know this to be true every single team is different every single you know you have this you graduate your seniors you bring in freshmen so every single team is going to be a little bit different and I think the one thing that I know for me that stood out was okay. Well, I knew that we were capable of winning because we had done it, and I think having that mentality definitely helps because there's always a sense of doubt that can come into your head and come into your thoughts when you haven't actually done something. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can be- you can believe, and I do, and I'm a firm believer in this. You can believe that you, you know, making the Olympic team. I knew I could do it. That there was this little sense of doubt that said, are you sure? Because mm-hmm. I actually had never done it yet. So winning a national championship as a team in 2013 kind of solidified that we were capable of doing it and we didn't make it easy. I mean, we were capable of doing it and we did it probably the hardest way possible. Mm-hmm. So having that mentality, I know for me, that's what I thought about. It was, okay, we've done it once, why would we not be able to do it again?
1: The answers to that key question Bridget posed are many, one of them being fierce competition, hungry to get back on top. Prior to NCAA regionals, the Gators won every single meet contested outside of Alabama, but the Crimson Tide were back for revenge after Florida snapped their national championship streak the year before, dealing losses to the Gators in Tuscaloosa during the regular season and then in Birmingham at SEC championships. But outside of those meets, Florida was on point and had to do so with little margin for error.
3: I remember that we were just didn't have a tremendous amount of depth, that we had to have everyone basically firing on all cylinders. And we still had a very, very strong team. Um, But I feel like we just didn't have as much depth compared to 2013, where I felt like on every event we had 10 athletes that could go in, step in and score the same versus 2014, we had the six. And if if there was an injury, then perhaps the next person that was going to go in um, wouldn't be able to sustain that the high scoring that we needed. So that was I think the biggest challenge was balancing and managing the athlete's health and making sure that they didn't compete too much uh, at any particular competition or event where they could um, feel as fresh as possible by the end of the season.
1: While the previous year's title was won all the way out in California, if Florida was going to repeat, they would have to do it in, of all places, Birmingham, Alabama. The Gators actually tied for first place with Alabama in the semifinals, so the rivals entered the Super Six on even footing. And though you'd think it would be a pressure cooker, the Gators didn't seem to be feeling it.
3: I think 2014 was just really fun. I just remember when we were on floor, And looking over, and the girls were just really in their own bubble. And Jeremy Miranda was amazing, our our choreographer and volunteer coach, too. And Ashley Kerr and everybody, keeping the athletes light and energetic and dancing and and having fun. Um, And when they're in that mode, they were able to really perform exceptionally without... Uh, I don't want to say without getting tight, without getting nervous or holding back. They just really put it all out there. And I think that that was, um, I just remember them seeming to just have fun and not thinking about the final product or the scores, because I didn't even know what scores were needed. Um, I was just like, I can't, I can't do that. Too much stress, too much pressure. Um, And I wouldn't be able to be the coach that would be able to encourage the athletes if I'm telling them don't look at the scores and don't do this, um, I can't do it myself. And so, um, so this was really an enjoyable moment for me to watch the athletes come, you know, I remember Kitra running off the floor and just her, her excitement and her, um, just the beautiful routine. And just it was like one after another. And of course, then, uh, when Bridgie Kakwato, went. I honestly had no idea what was needed, but apparently Adrian did. So um so when uh when we finished, I I was just like, I just wanted to make sure the athletes knew how proud we were as a staff of them and their performance and their fight. No matter what happened, I wanted them to know that they were just amazing. And uh and then that's when I remember Adrian like he see he's looking at all the scores and he just starts screaming like yes yes. And I'm like, what are you, what are you screaming for? Because I didn't, I didn't
1: know. What Rhonda didn't realize at the time was history had just been made. Florida posted a 198.175, but so did another team, meaning the national championship was a tie for the first time ever. But rather than the Alabama team that was favored to win, a different squad would share the podium and become just the sixth program to reach the peak of the sport.
3: I did, I had no idea I looked over at Oklahoma it was done for quite some time over on Baltimore, and their girls were crying and so I I'm like I don't understand like oh they must be crying like we were last year because they won and um and so then that's when he was like no I'm pretty sure we tied and then of course we I don't know if there'd ever been a tie so we didn't know what that meant and um didn't know if they would break the tie or if it stayed and so there was a lot of um I think a lot of nerves and uh that were obviously Quickly, uh, with Mary Howard being as amazing as she is, she came over and, and explained everything. So uh, it was just, yeah, that was a crazy ending. But I just really remember that that team and that championship. Um, it, was, it was just, they just were having a lot of fun.
1: For Sloan and her teammates, the shared victory was undeniably sweet while still being somewhat unusual.
4: I don't want to say it lessened anything. It didn't. But there, it's hard because it's not, you know, it's not like in basketball, you can go to overtime. It's not like in soccer, you can have a shootout. It's not, there, every other sport, there is never going to be a tie. There's always a way to break it. But in gymnastics, what do you have, a stick off? Like, right. see who can stick the most back tucks or something? Like, it's <laughs> it's so crazy. And I also think because it had never happened before, no one knew what to do. I mean, everyone was like, I don't know. So they made that ultimate decision to be co-national champions. Personally, I I mean, it was fine. There was no way to break the tie. So at the end of the day, everyone was like, well, what were they going to do? And you're like, you're so right. But I I don't think it took away at all from winning. I mean, you're going up against the best of the best teams in the country. There's bound to be something that happens. You're like, huh, what are they going to do with that? And that, I mean, it was that year. It was well, we have two teams that tied. That's never happened before. I, and there was no way to break it. So it was kind of like, well, I guess we'll just both give them the title. I remember we both got trophies. We both got all the shirts and the hats and all the, all the gear. But yeah, that was kind of a weird, I think it was a weird time for everybody. Hmm. Like, I think everybody was just kind of like, so what do we do now?
1: The answer to that question is the same as any back-to-back champion. How about three in a row? But as Fane discovered after the first title, sustaining winning at that level is taxing, and it never lets up as long as you want to keep the crown.
3: It was it was very, very hard, I think, for for me personally as the coach. I tried to remove that side from when I was coaching and trying to help the team and the staff keep this year again as another separate year entirely and that this is a different team and we have new freshmen and we have new goals and I was still have the same goal of winning, but it is, uh, is separate from the previous two teams. But yes, absolutely for myself, my type of work ethic and my, Grinding myself with recruiting um, and just the 24-7, I think, definitely took its toll um, in terms of the, the mental exhaustion, I think, with trying to sustain winning and not wanting to or not, uh, not wanting to allow myself or the team, I suppose, to, um, to not win. And I remember calling and speaking with Greg Marson. He's like, you can't always win. Like, you just, you can't, you're going to have to get, you're going to have to understand that. And I was like, I don't want to not
1: win. <laughs> Why? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I know. And so it's very tough. It's very tough. I would say I did a very terrible job personally for myself, um, burning the candle quite, quite hard. Uh, so it wasn't personally as, I think, enjoyable, but it was magnificent to watch that team perform
1: While coaches bear the weight of the mounting expectations, so too do the incoming freshmen, who had nothing to do with the previous success but know where the bar is set. That challenge was accepted by the Dynamite 2015 class, which included Alex McMurtry, a decorated junior national champion who came ready to step up on day one.
5: There were some high expectations, but... I was part of this recruiting class that was number one in the nation. So there was a standard of excellence before I even got there that our class just knew we had to uphold. So um, we we definitely didn't catch any breaks as freshmen. You know, we had to jump right in and replace those seniors that had graduated. Um, and I think we did not take that responsibility lightly. So there was definitely some weight on our shoulders, but everybody else had had these extravagant. International backgrounds. I had had some national background, uh, national championships in my JO career, so I think we just used what we had learned our whole lives and brought it right into the NCAA.
1: With a loaded roster of returning champions and future stars, the Gators were set for a banner year. But then an opening night injury to junior Bridget Sloan near her hometown in Indiana rocked the team.
3: That was terrible. I mean, that was devastating. Uh, I, I, mean, I just remember the feeling of when we were at, uh, ball state and when she landed that last tumbling pass and I was in the corner, the corner where sh- she could look up when she finished. And when she took a step and she couldn't step after that to finish the routine. Um, and just the look in her eyes, cause she's so tough. I mean, she's so tough. Um, and I've seen her take some tough landings before. But the, when I saw that look in her eyes, I, I, my stomach hit the floor and I knew that she was injured. And uh, it was just, oh, my goodness. The, is she going to be OK? Will she be able to come back from this? How is she going to be able to handle this? Because she's a competitor. She's a fighter. She wants to be out there. And so um, thankfully, the good thing about that, if there's any good thing, was that we were in her home state. And she had her parents there and friends and family that I think helped her emotionally. And we were able to get her at least a a really good plan a program like a a timeline okay this is our goal this is when when our goal is to be back we cannot come back too quickly you have to trust the process and know that it's going to be most important at the very end of the season and if you come back too early you can set yourself back and I think she she's very headstrong and it was hard for her because she wants she wanted to be out there but she followed it. And she, um, and while she was out, what really was great was to see other people step up um, and not just rely on Bridget. And Keitra worked her tail off, and that was Keitra's senior year, to make sure that she was doing everything possible um, to contribute in any way possible to be her best for the team. And you know, she was. Her, I remember her back was really giving her a lot of problems. She couldn't train that often. Alex McMurtry was phenomenal, but she couldn't train floor because of her back. Um, and so we had a lot of question marks and a lot of athletes as well that we still had to manage while Bridget was out that we were, we, we just continually kept impressing upon the athletes that listen, it's not about right now. We're not, we're focusing on the journey, like this competition right now. We're not going to be the team that we were last year or the team that we were before that. We are a new team and that we have different strengths and different talents, and we're going to get there when we need to at the end of the year. Uh, and they believed it, and it, uh, wow, it had happened.
1: With Bridget out of the action for most of the year, the Gators weren't nearly as dominant as in the two years prior, dropping three meets during the regular season and placing third at the SEC championships. But they began approaching full strength heading into NCAAs, winning the regional in West Virginia, and advancing to the national championships in Fort Worth, Texas, where they once again tied in the semifinals, though this time with Utah. That propelled them to the Super Six in the pursuit of a third straight title. The Orange and Blue were strong throughout the meet and were neck and neck with Utah coming down to the last event, which for the Gators was the uneven bars. You might remember Marissa King previously talking about the importance of staying focused on your own team back at the 2013 championships. But in 2015, freshman Alex McMurtry saw her attention drift over the Utes at a pivotal moment.
5: My all-time favorite memory obviously brings me to the national championship. It wasn't even what was going on on our team. It was the celebration going on when at the national championship, Utah thought they had won before I even did my last routine. So to set the scene, like I I'm up to go on bars and Utah had already finished their vault rotation. And they had come up with an all around score that they thought was unbeatable. And I watched the seniors crying. They were celebrating. And I just looked at my team to kind of fuel my fire. And I remember everyone just being so reassuring, like, their whole fate was in their hands of this seventeen-year-old girl, but they—they <laughs> they had nothing but confidence in me, and like that's what I needed to get up there and and do that final routine.
1: Alex needed to be nearly perfect, with a nine-nine-five necessary to leap over Utah for the crown.
5: I—I I know I definitely did not know the score I needed. I didn't know if it was possible, so I just had to get up there and do the best routine i could do um adrian was the one that's the numbers guy so um i just knew we had not had the best bar rotation (laughs) we i don't i think we stuck only a couple dismounts so um i knew we were going to need something big but no there's no there's no way i had the exact number in my head and i think that would have made my my bars routine even worse if i had known that (laughs) but um no i mean I remember interviewing and saying, I wish I knew like that would have been a cool story. Like I needed a nine nine five and I got it. Right. I just knew I had to do my job and and that's how the practices were run. You know, Rhonda loved to, to repeat that phrase, you know, you get up there and you do your job and like, it was just another bars routine. Yes. It was filled with pressure and yes, you could see the other team celebrating, but it's like, you know, if you treat it like a national championship, you're going to mess up. So um, that's when I look to my teammates and think, thank the Lord, they had some confidence in me, and that's what I needed.
1: The freshman delivered one of the best bars routines of her life, and the 995 pushed Florida to the win by five hundredths of a point. The dynasty was delivered, and while it had become an expectation for the upperclassmen by round three, the freshmen were experiencing the unbridled joy for the first time.
5: I remember just like really not believing that it was real. Like I just didn't want to let myself get to that point of euphoria. Cause I was like, what if the calculations are wrong, you know, like is Adrian doing this math? Right. So I think I, it did feel like forever. I was playing this game of, of not feeling like it was real, like not feeling like we really could have done it. Um, which made it so much better when, when the scores came in and everything was official. Um, but yeah, it was, it felt like, Fifteen minutes and it probably was 15 seconds. But um, but yeah, I mean, you have your teammates next to you and you're jumping up and down on top of people. And it was the craziest celebration that I had ever experienced for sure.
1: Among the onlookers of that Super Six was Jenny Rowland, who at the time was an assistant coach for an Auburn squad who had just finished in sixth place at the meet. While she went on to take over the Florida program when Fane left following the 2015 campaign, She saw from afar what made that Gator dynasty possible.
6: From an outsider, the 13 team was loaded with talent. But yet you you could just tell that the the mentality of this team was undeniable. They were unstoppable. Um, They were a force to be reckoned with. And you could just tell the way they competed, the way, you know, just they walked into an arena. And from my conversation with uh, Adrian, who was a member of that team, Uh, There was a transformation from 2012 to 2013, and he reminds me on a daily basis how similar that 13 team is to what this team had this year. Hmm. And it was just the athletes, more than anything, taking ownership. Uh, holding themselves accountable, holding each other accountable, and making it a point that this is what we're going to do. And I really think that mindset really kick-started um, an amazing three years of, of success. But that 13 team was so undeniable and so fun to watch. Uh, you knew that nobody was going to touch them. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the two years following, I know it was a little bit closer um, as far as their, their winning margin. But uh, really, I, I would have to say that uh, successful teams are built, you know, the, the foundations that are laid, it's it's the athletes who are a- actually taking ownership and driving the ship and um, really holding each other accountable are the teams that are going to get go a little bit farther?
1: Having completed the mission Jeremy Foley set for her all the way back in 2003, Ron Defain is able to reflect on the journey and all the people who helped make it possible.
3: It's just it was just a really really special time, and I look at and shared this with all of the alumni whenever they would um, not only come back for alumni competitions but for um, any sort of event or function was just that. Every single athlete that came through Florida's doors and every athlete that had performed on all of the teams in the program, um, they are a part of the championships and the success. They believed in the university. They believed in me and they believed in the coaching staff and they believed in the future. And that was something that was special. And they helped build the special times. And I mean, so many amazing athletes. And I look to so many great things that happened, even, uh, you know, it's not just winning the national championships about who they became, uh, to watch the athletes come through as a freshman and watch how they not only mature through the four years or the possibly five years. Um, how they mature as a person, but also as an athlete, to see what they're doing now with their life, and and to go to their weddings and to see their children now. I mean, it's just it's just unbelievable for for me now to be able to, especially see even more so the life and the journey and the the special times and the lessons and and the silliness. I miss the um, the bus rides mm-hmm. where. The movies. I mean, I don't know how many times we watched Pitch Perfect on the bus, (laughs) um, or Frozen and Olaf. I think that was Bridget's favorite um, uh, favorite character. And so, it it just it's fun to see every athlete's personality come out and to encourage them to be individuals, um, and but to come together for a common goal. And uh, and it's just uh, I had an amazing amazing staff I mean they were just everybody was just incredible and I mean and when I say staff I mean everybody and uh Lee Turner and Mary Howard and anyone that was that would you know not only be a part of our every day but um in in the Gator Nation I mean it was just you know it's just like making magic but everybody along the way are part of it.
1: We hope you enjoyed the story of the gymnastics dynasty and encourage you to keep coming back as we prepare to roll out the stories of other legendary teams, including football, basketball, and baseball. So until next time, I'm Adam Schick. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of Gator Tales, Gator Greats.